Wait, asshole. There's a spider in here. You could have killed it, you lazy bastard. You're not even paying rent. Alright, let's rock. Ladies and gentlemen, the Barclays is back, baby. Arsenal losing unceremoniously to a team playing in the Premier League for the first time in 20 years? Barclays. Man City struggling to deal with players who can run fast? Barclays. Liverpool scoring three past Norwich? Barclays, baby. It's here. How do you like that, Natalie? Yeah, I did. What, what did you say about <laughs> Brentford, though? Uh, the, the, their first... Okay, their first time in the top league for 74 years. Yeah. Not the Premier League. I fucked it. I fucked it. We just started. And but I just it's okay. wrote that. We've addressed it, so like no one will complain. It's all right. Yeah, they'll just get yeah, they'll just get mad about it in the moment and then they'll it, this is actually better because they'll feel like, oh, they corrected themselves. Like, yeah. It shows they're paying attention. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's me. What a, what a week it's been. I've I'm absolutely buzzing. Um <laughs> I, I had a whole like weekend to get over the pain of Friday night. Uh I had a good score. Uh well you know, I'm like 1.7 millionth in the world or something. At this point, um, it's a good score. It's a good score. I mean, I think anything above like 4 million at this stage of the season, I like it. I'm here for it. I'm above the average, which is 69. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how did your week go, Natalie? <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was all right, to be fair. Um, like, you know what? I'm, I have some things to say to everyone. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've got some things to... Yeah, that's better. I've got some things to say. Uh, firstly, I'd like to thank everyone who's come back or just come here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just... Like, I was getting really sad about it after the first first episode. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck, we've done literally fuck all for almost two years. And there's still, like, people are downloading it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's nice, isn't it? I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I mean, I've looked at our Twitter and realised that we've stayed above a hundred followers this whole time, it and was that to me, impressive. I would have that... unfollowed the fuck out of me. <laughs> exactly, I do it all the time. If a podcast becomes inactive, I'm like, I'm out of here, bitches. So you know, I'm kind of, I, I kind of feel good about it. I feel it feels great to be back. It's so yeah. I had that to say, and I can't. Oh, and also. I was thinking about this today as well, this afternoon. Like, I'm so fucking chill, man. I don't care about my team. Like, I don't, as long as the men are having a nice time, as long as there's, like, some goals and, like, a little fight every now and again. Like, earlier, there was in the Man that about the only thing that was mildly interesting about Spurs Man City. There was a little fight, and I was like, mm. oh, yes, punch him. Um, uh, yeah, I'm happy, you know? So, and I think it's, like, I hope that, no one, I don't think anyone listening to our podcast has come here for anything too insightful. Uh, so I'd like to think that everyone listening is like kind of chill about fantasy anyway. But I think it's important to remember like, it is just a game, man. It's not, and it's not important. If you do badly, like who cares? Yeah, I actually had, um, I had Aubameyang <laughs> on Friday afternoon because you know how I get. I get all I emotional about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I just want to support my boys. And then when that news broke about them, uh, him illness. and Lacazette, yeah, both being quote-unquote <sighs> ill. Yeah. So anyway, I, I decided to, at the last minute, follow my own advice from the last podcast and not take any risks. Mm. Um, I did, of course, bring in 
Fularin Balagan, which uh, yeah, yeah, didn't work out fine. great. It was it was a YOLO, and yeah. I mean to be honest, I would have been playing in his place. Uh, Ivan Tony or Luca Dean both yeah. got two points, so I missed out on one point, and I had uh, I had a Marte third on my bench, but I was never planning to play him over like Luke Shaw or whatever. So mm. you know that it was a pretty good week. I think my only error in judgment in the first week 84 points in case anyone's curious um is it was... have you only got 84 have you got more yeah 85 uh <laughs> <laughs> you bastard if so if i'd played ivan tony or luca dean we would have been right well, right on the same yeah, score if i'd played dunk instead of like sufal or Shaw, i would have had 86 so all right all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i mean pepe was my one big mistake this week and Fortunately, it was only a one-week situation, mm. um, but uh, you know I had him and Smith Rowe, and Smith Rowe was always going to be in my side uh, no matter what. And I think he still played quite well. Uh, Pepe did actually have a chance to score quite late on, and uh, David David Raya made a really good save. But you know, overexposing myself to Arsenal assets was a mistake, as yeah. it usually appears to be. Who knew? And. What made it, what made matters even worse was I could have literally picked any of the other midfielders on my watch list and they all scored. (laughs) Apart from Grealish. I mean, Grealish was Mm. the one who, he was one of the ones who I was, you know, he falls outside of my not taking any risks um, strategy. So I probably would have left him out just for week one. Um, And especially with Spurs, you know, knowing how those matches usually play out, it's always... Spurs always seem to have the better of them, even when Man City play well. Um, and I think with Nuno coming in to manage them now, a guy who thrives on counter-attacking football, it just seemed like a, a match made in heaven for him to be playing uh, uh, playing Hyungmin Son up front and playing Man City on the first day. But yeah, it it was a bit of a shame because obviously you had Saar, you had Pogba with four, four assists, you had... Greenwood, who you were a big fan of, who who scored a goal. In fact, you were a fan of Saar as well. You have both, right? Yes. God yeah, damn. I was pretty fucking gassed about Saar, to be honest. You know what? No, I was gassed about both of them. We were watching the Man United game. Yeah. And when Greenwood scored, I was like, ha. And you all told me. <laughs> you all told me I was wrong. Look at me now. Getting paper. Yeah, you were. You really were. <laughs> Do you have Fernandez as well? No, I don't have Fernandez. Oh. <laughs> and um. And I'm really chuffed about it. Do you want to just go straight into Man United and I'll move this bit further down? Yeah, let's talk Man United because I have a few things to say about them anyway. we. Uh, yeah, I don't have Fernandez, and you know why? I think it's boring. I've got Salah, so that's it. That's me done on the boring front. I've yeah. covered myself. And I have Shaw. So I've covered myself on boring. And the yeah. rest of it, I'm just like, YOLO. Got to do what yeah. makes you feel good. Uh, I feel yeah. And Fernandez doesn't make me feel good, so I didn't do it. Yeah, I. So his his footballing ability in this match made me feel pretty good, <laughs> although it also simultaneously made me feel extremely depressed because on Friday night I watched my team completely incapable of doing any of the stuff Fernandez does, like his third goal in particular, the the technique. Uh, you, so you know what? A big problem for me with Fernandez is I I don't like players who benefit from just getting loads of penalties for really like shitty like not even fouls and Mm. and stuff like that and I mean that was a big problem last year and it did make me enjoy football a lot less and I think we had one of those today with the Newcastle West Ham game like the penalty they were given was was shit like I, I just don't see why you give a penalty for that sort of incident but 
I've kind of come into this new season with a bit of newfound optimism with the the changes that they've spoken about with how they're approaching VAR and how they're approaching penalties because that was kind of the problem for me last season like Fernandez would be shit he'd play terrible and then he'd get a chance for a penalty and that'd be that um whereas in this game I think he was just kind of unstoppable and interestingly he was pretty much the striker for Man United like Greenwood did uh come away with a, a goal and a really good goal as well he's a top-class finisher um but for the most part he was kind of the guy dropping deep and playing behind Bruno Fernandes who was just running everywhere and like making runs in behind trying to score goals which is no doubt why he ended up with a hat-trick on this day um but yeah I thought it was a, a really really impressive performance from Man United as a whole and a bit unfortunate with Luke Shaw actually because basically Leeds scored a screamer yeah. and Shaw got himself booked just late on just being frustrated and, and kind of going in uh going in on Rafinha I think um but yeah he he played a pretty good game he was getting forward a lot he he looked sharp uh, Man United in general just looked really 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 good and Pogba was outstanding at 7.5 who is sure to go up in price soon um yeah like what a what a performance from him and i think if he's keeping that up for the rest of the season oh boy i mean he's a he's prime candidate for a pepe replacement for me what what did you think of united in general and are any of them catching your eye and and luring you in the sweet boredom of man united on a great fixture run uh i do have a a bit of concern about like how long could i go without fernandez yeah that's exactly why i had him week one this time i was like yeah it was a huge problem for me last season and i did actually have him for a bit but i dropped him because i got angry at the penalties <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i'm happy with greenwood at the moment because i think it's i like it as like a, a differential and obviously it is still a good option it's yeah. not like it's like totally insane yeah i'd forgotten pogba was a man when you say forgotten was a man i just like forgot he did he was a footballer and he played in the premier league <laughs> like i just had completely forgotten he existed the, the old classic yeah it was quite surprising for me but i i wonder if like if he's that good all season like i've hmm. just felt for so long about pogba that like does he want to be there hmm. like is this his team does he care because i feel like there's been a lot of that over the last like two three years i think generally pogba doesn't see his long-term future at Man United and I mean he's I think he's like in his late 20s now so he's kind of must be getting on he's coming to his you know last big contract situation and it does generally seem like a lot of footballers now he's just running his contract down until he gets a move to PSG because that's the one place you can go where they'll give you an an incredible wage um and you know a lot of clubs uh, Man United not so much but like a lot of clubs have been hit really hard by the pandemic and Unless you're at that elite level like Pogba, you can't really just run your contract down and expect to get another big one. But if you're Pogba's level, you know that PSG would like to have you on board. Mm. And he, he's basically one of the few players in world football that you know is in that contract situation where he can be pretty confident that his next move, he will get a wage rise. Whereas I think for some players, you know, players at Arsenal right now, for example, um, if Aubameyang was to want to leave... Like, it's got to be very difficult to get someone else to pay the same wage as he's got at Arsenal. Mm. So the player could want to leave, but, you know, you can't... 
how how are Arsenal going to let you go? I mean, it has to be a, a kind of thing where you end up taking a pay cut or something. But but kind of more on an FPL uh, from from an FPL standpoint, I thought his performance was really the kind of performance that you might expect to see against a team that plays like Leeds. So Leeds are very chaotic we we were questioning in the last podcast is this going to be like the 6-2 from before or Mm -hmm. is this going to be like the 1-0 and it ended up being a lot like the 6-2 obviously finishing with the same same difference in goals between the two teams but Man United just looked really really strong Pogba was able to find lots of space and just make the right decision quickly I think in the other teams that uh in the other matches that are coming up you might have a lot of teams who have looked at that and been like, wait a minute, that's not how we want to play against Man United because they had a real good time like just picking Leeds apart. And Leeds are, Leeds are good, you know, they're good at that pressing game. But Man United just, they were way too sharp for them and had way too many players who could just easily play through. So I, I would kind of caveat the whole Pogba, Greenwood excitement and even Fernandez excitement with knowing that this was a situation where they were playing against a team that kind of really play into United's hands because they are so strong on transition. Um, I think there are other teams they'll come up against that will park the bus, they'll sit deep, and they'll say, come on, try and break us down. And that's when you're really going to see Man United struggle because they're not, like, they're not able to use their pace and they're not able to have Pogba pinging 30-yard balls. I mean, his assist for for Fernandez for the first goal was just it it was really impressive and that's kind of uh, it's got me thinking quite quite heavily about going for him especially knowing that Southampton up next barely have a squad left um <laughs> you know they've been selling a lot of players they've lost Vestergaard recently and I didn't actually see how they did against Everton but uh, you know they ended up losing 3-1 so yeah I mean great fixtures Another thing to be aware of is that Cavani is going to be coming back soon. I'm not entirely sure. I think it might be in one or two weeks' time. But that will uh, it will potentially affect Greenwood's place in the squad or in the team. Because there will be Sancho, of course, who came on and, and didn't really look... You could see why he didn't start. I mean, he's got to come into the fray, isn't he? He's going to be the main man, him, Pogba, Bruno. I think those are the three that you would expect to play most games. Greenwood, Cavani, Martial, like what happens between those? But that said, I mean, Greenwood is fit. He looks really sharp. I doubt he drops out anytime soon. I I think you're probably going to, if you've already got him, he's the kind of guy that you definitely hold on to, isn't he? I mean, he, he is not going to be dropped after that performance. And it's more a case of, just considering that, if you're thinking about going for Greenwood, is his is his place got to be sort of long-term assured? Probably not, but he will play the next few games at least. And you can potentially, you know, if you've already got Fernandez, he's a, a really strong double-up option, especially while Sancho is kind of finding his feet in the league. Um, one thing I didn't expect to be saying this week is, wow, what, a, what an enthralling attacking performance from Watford. Huh. Did you not? No. I specifically requested goals in this game. Well, and yeah. that's what we got. We talked about this being a goal fest. Yeah. It's just that I thought the goals might be coming from the other side. No, man. I knew. I knew it was all goals. Goals, goals, goals. <laughs> it's like Motley Crew. Girls, girls, girls. Oh, but instead yeah. it was goals. Or like Connor Maynard. 
Uh, girls, 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 I just can't say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's me. Him as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty impressed i have to say and you know just caveat this with i haven't actually seen any of match of the day because i've been watching obscure uh foreign leagues for the entire weekend i watched some mls last night saw fizzer lose again <laughs> it was great uh, is there a podcast do you think that doesn't talk about it no there, there can't be i think any self-respecting football podcast has to bring up fizzer every now and then okay good uh, but yeah, back on topic, Watford, Yeah, really, really impressive. Um, yeah, I heard they, they were generally like in the first half really strong and it was only towards the end they, they started to kind of, I don't know if they tired or, or what, but I was certainly not expecting there to be three goals from this Watford side. And they have a new, a new signing in the, in the form of Dennis bonaventure something i can't remember what his last name is in the game is. he's just emmanuel dennis uh, that's it emmanuel dennis yeah so he did a lot of points this week natalie and he only cost five million he does only cost five million tell me about this man i mean i don't know much about the man uh but i reckon if you uh if you don't have well he's got a knock so keep an eye on him you don't want I don't to. care. He's Dennis. He can get. He can break his way through anything. I do strongly believe that he will be absolutely fine, uh, with absolutely no uh, medical knowledge. I am certain that he will be absolutely fine. Uh, he's a forward as well, which is quite handy. Um, if you maybe got Balogun in your team because you thought it was like a fun little punt, and now you're like. Or maybe that wasn't a very good idea. You are literally speaking to me right now. That is what got, you're doing. You've got five million to uh, to to get a new forward in. Maybe Dennis is your man. To be honest, Saar also uh, got a goal via a deflection, um, but he looked extremely threatening on on all <laughs> sides in all areas. I was threatened by him personally. Um, like, has anyone here? been personally threatened by Ismail Assar. Yes, I have. Wait, 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 that's that's not good. You need to like report that to someone. <laughs> no, it was great. Uh so yeah, I'm, I'm I, <laughs> I can't do another Mean Girls reference straight after that one. It'd be too much. But um yeah, I'm happy I'm very happy with him in my team, chilling, doing football, living life. Yeah, didn't he get a, a bonus point or two as well. Oh, yeah. I think he even got three. Oh, Jesus. Maybe you got so two. You, I don't remember. I oh, think he got it was two. two. Sorry, he, he got two. Yeah. He finished on nine points. I didn't actually look at the breakdown, but I assumed yeah, I it was that. Yeah, I hadn't done the maths then. Hernandez as well looked good. He only came on for a little bit. Uh, yeah. The end. Is he called, is he the, called Hernandez in, in the, the game, game or Cucho? In the game, he's Cucho, but on his shirt was Hernandez, I think. Yeah. Very confusing. So he... He would be the replacement for Dennis, right? He he came on for Dennis. He's the other striker. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I mean, 5.0 for a striker, the, the big problem for the start of the season was like looking for someone who can fulfill that cheap striker role. Mm. And if you're going to have a guy at 5 million, who's uh, another thing, I mean, he's come from Club Brugge, who are quite famously like, uh, well, they're from the Belgian Super League. It's like, it's crazy attacking over there. Like Brugge, especially, they're one of the best teams in Belgium. Every game is just a goal fest. Um, 
not literally every game you will get the odd one nil it does happen but like usually that uh, that that league is not shy to goals so it doesn't surprise me to see a guy coming from that league and and kind of setting it alight on uh, on day one but yeah i mean that's a a perfect kind of you know even if he doesn't keep this up even if he turns out to be pretty crap like having someone who's just starting every week at five million who does have a bit of potential to be a good fantasy option especially if watford uh can can keep up some good form and i mean looking at their fixtures they're not perfect but brighton up next spurs after that wolves after that norwich after that newcastle they're not playing any real top top four sides so you they're could see them getting all deserve goals yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah and games that certainly after that performance you could see watford actually doing something in so i'd be pretty excited about that and spurs are kind of an interesting one as well because today you know their game against man city it is kind of the perfect the perfect matchup for Nuno in how he tends to play or how he tended to play with Wolves. Uh, the real question for Spurs has got to be how they how they fare against teams who are a bit more solid defensively and are going mm. to try and counter attack on them instead. So that's something to look out for. So I wouldn't even be shy about potentially, you know, if you're getting Dennis in, he could be useful in those sort of fixtures as well. But yeah, really, really interesting options there. And I think I'm definitely going to be considering one of one of those two for the coming week but another guy who also i think we mentioned on last week's podcast right we did very briefly yeah uh so ducore and you'd you'd if i remember correctly you'd heard that rafa benitez was basically asking him to goal more this was i think this was after the podcast actually right i'd seen something that said exactly that that hmm. ducore needs to be doing more more up top and getting the goals and there he yeah. was up top getting, getting the, goals. the goals uh yeah Whoa. man he looked good as well in the highlights i thought i was like oh why isn't he in my team yeah. so i'm thinking like we should have said at the top of the show really you're probably better off not doing any transfers this week like it's just unless there's someone in your team who's like actually deceased uh and will not play and you and you have a bench of people who aren't who don't play because that's how you bought your team. Uh, it's probably not worth doing any transfers this week, just because I see what happens, you know. Um, but I read on the internet, and everything on the internet's true, as we all know. Yeah, that... Abraham Lincoln said that. <laughs> Did you read that on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Um, so basically, I read tangent but all it round that um Barnes is on the wrong side and all of of Leicester's attack was going through the side that Barnes isn't on so Barnes won't be good and oh, I was like wait a minute I hold was me like, back <laughs> I was like okay Takura you're in you that that's all I needed um I won't do it this week obviously because I'm not insane um but yeah I'm liking that that move I'm hyped for it. And the Everton fixtures, I know we talked about this last week, about Everton, 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 Ninning, Ninning. Um, which I do feel like Pickford did do a bit. Uh, yeah, fixtures are still good, like, for, what, six weeks. So I'm not in a rush, but Sakura's looking tasty. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, 
I'm right now. I'm basically running into the uh, the the problems, the issues with having a full time job because I'd much <laughs> rather have actually watched all of Match of the Day and had really strong takes about this. Dan, you make but it sound like you were working this weekend. <laughs> I was working on watching all of the other football <sighs> because it's very important that okay. I do that. <laughs> And then it just got too much. It got too much. I couldn't. I couldn't then watch a highlights thing. God. The thing that... is, no one came to this podcast for my analysis on match of the day. Like no yeah. one came here for that. Well, I, I did. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. I, I need it to get me. Well, through. I wish you'd warned me that of that. Yeah. Before I half watched well, you it know, yesterday. It, it happens. But the one bit I did see was the goal that that Everton conceded because that was li- literally the one bit I switched on for. <laughs> Um, I've also been babysitting my dog this weekend, so that oh, that's kind of come yeah, in. Yeah, but your dog can just chill and watch football, man. The whole thing I was going to say is that the goal that they conceded was to Adam Armstrong, who I previously had before I brought Balogun in, which was pretty annoying. Uh, I, I would have had him second on my bench anyway, so yeah. it's like no big deal. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, he actually did score and he did start. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the, the goal and it was just some pretty awful like individual error uh Mm. situation which potentially makes me feel good about everton's defense because i think i'd always um i'd always much prefer a defense where their goals conceded are coming from individual errors rather than just a a a systemic failing right right yeah so like michael Keane, he's not the best defender in the world i don't really rate him but like he's good enough to play in a solid system. And if he's just going to make a mistake in the odd game, fine. But what I'm looking for from a Benitez team is for them to be, you know, very, very solid defensively. Would you say that, that they were? Did, did Southampton have a lot of chances in this game or, or was, um, was that defence pretty solid besides the mistake? I've no idea. Well, I must have just been too busy gushing over to Kure. Uh, right okay to write anything else but i mean uh, I, that says something right if all you were doing was gushing over decore and, yeah. and no one from southampton did anything to uh, divert your attention i d- no, they didn't and also to be honest who would have done like who would have done anything other than this new armstrong man do you know what <laughs> i mean like yeah who's there yeah like, what's Obafemi doing you don't even need new strikers put him on that's my hot take. <laughs> I hope he's well. Yeah, I, I hope he's well as well. Decore, we should say, I can't remember if we mentioned, but he is 5.5. And that is just, that is the price this season that I think is going to be, that's going to be a nice, nice difference maker. If you can get a few guys at that sort of price range who are consistently scoring, because obviously a guy we haven't even seen play yet is Lukaku. And he's come mm. in at the price of 11 million, 11.5 million. Sorry. Um, and obviously, if you've got Salah and Fernandez, like just with those three players, that's an insane amount of budget, especially if you then want Trent Alexander-Arnold. And at the moment, you know, we've got Shimakas, who's a, a very good option for the Liverpool defence while Robertson's out. But when Robertson's back, all of a sudden it's very expensive to get into the Liverpool defence again. Yeah. So so there's a lot to be considered. And I think Ducore, Emil Smith-Rowe, who else is at that 5.5 range? I mean, those are the only two I can think of off the the top of my head um, who are playing quite attacking roles. And yeah, Decoria is a guy I've I've always admired his um, 
attacking potential. So I'm glad to see that Benitez is kind of seeing that in him because I think that's where he was so effective for Watford. And with Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Aston Villa, Norwich, and then Man U, that's a, that's a pretty nice run of fixtures. We should touch on Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin at 7.5 and 8 million respectively. A goal each. How about that? Yeah, I don't, like Richarlison's got to be tired, man. Yeah. How is he starting the first game? Wait, did he start? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God, how is he doing it? Uh, I don't know. Give this man a bed. <laughs> yeah. And just put Surely him there. Surely it's like tempting fate for an injury. Surely. He, he's super fit, but I feel like with guys like that, you know, you, you get by on them being super fit, but eventually when the injury comes, it ends up being like a meniscus tear or something and they're out for like 10 months and you're like, oh, damn, we should have we rested this guy. So I just did some quick research and uh, Southampton had six shots uh, compared to Everton's 14. Oh, wow. Uh, and only three of those six were on target. Man, I really feel for Southampton because... I rate their manager a lot, but how do you work with with a squad like that? It's going to be difficult. Um, but Calvert-Lewin at 8 million, I, I, I mean, he's another one of the very boring options out there. Yeah, that's, that's, I, think, I think there are actually slightly more interesting men hmm. than Calvert-Lewin. I think Calvert-Lewin's fine, but I'd actually probably, I'd forgotten that Richarlison was a forward hmm. in the game. I think I might maybe rather have Richarlison if I was going to have one but I'm not because I'm going to have Decore hmm. but I do think that like Antonio for example Wilson Ings even are just a bit more interesting than Calvert-Lewin I haven't got much to base that on I'm just telling you what I think yeah but I don't know there's something about Calvert-Lewin that feels boring to me yeah I, I think part of it is that Everton last season they just weren't you know, he scored a goal a game, basically, but it was really more than that. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like, OK, if I can get someone who scores literally every game, then that's pretty that's kind of better than someone who scores two in one week and then has three blanks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially especially if you're not captain in them. But I don't know. It does feel at eight million. He might just be priced like a fraction too high when you've got some good options who we will talk about in a bit, because there are some who played today who who proved themselves to be potentially better or competitive options with um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, Chelsea were an interesting one. They've started the season with no fuss whatsoever, with a really exceptionally comfortable 3-0 victory over... Crystal Palace with uh, Patrick Vieira as the manager and a team I've been very excited to to seeing. But yeah, Chelsea just absolutely hammered them 3-0 and it looks like Palace were barely even in it. Uh, so the kind of standout, uh, standout player from this game, the one who kind of crept out for everyone is Trevo, I think. Trevo Chalabar. It's spelt slightly different, which is why I wasn't sure if it was like a tre- Trevo or, or just Trevor. But You reckon? But, I assume, I thought, like, I hadn't read it. Yeah, it's got oh, a yeah, hate rather than right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't um, know then. Sorry, yes. I didn't know. Apologies, Trev. It's all good, but he's 5.0. He's basically, uh, from what I understand, he was a guy who just really impressed in pre-season and Tuchel decided to keep him around and actually use him in the season. I, I wonder, I mean, there are other 
Uh, Chelsea certainly aren't uh, short of right backs and centre backs in their squad. They've got a whole host of them. So there is a question mark over how nailed this guy will be, but he scored a really, really nice goal, had a really solid de- debut. And again, it's another one of those that could be a risk to go for now, but like certainly one to keep an eye on because if he's going to be a, a starting member of this squad for, for the whole season or, or like a good chunk of it, then yeah, really, really solid option there. What are your thoughts on Alonso? He, of course, scored a worldie of a free kick and he seems to be working his way back into the plans of uh Tuchel which I am obviously very upset about because he's still a murderer and I hate him but... he is he literally killed a man I'm so fucking sick of it yeah and Chelsea players Chelsea fans don't want to know they yeah. they literally just ignore it like it didn't happen yeah so from from a political standpoint I will not own Alonso at any point but just you know for, I'm not going to judge you if you you just want to get points in FPL it... yeah that's it like, I do yeah I do appreciate this is just a game yeah uh, yeah but so... also yeah he killed a person so. yeah Mm-hmm. yeah it's very very frustrating he should not have a football career he should be in jail but he is here and he costs 5.5 <laughs> you know what and to be fair 5.5 for alonso where what three seasons ago him and aspen equated were like seven million or something yeah. crazy yeah yeah i guess 5.5 is is not bad yeah the the question mark around him is is he a permanent starter because obviously they have chillwell who is acquired at high cost <laughs> and I, I saw a few people. I think my mum had Chilwell this week, and I was like, ha, loser. <laughs> Why would you do that? If you listen to our first podcast, you know that we didn't know who was going to start for Chelsea. So, you know, um, I'm sure Chelsea fans did know who was going to start, but, you know, I, I don't pay that much attention. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's an interesting one, because if he does kind of nail down a starting berth, then we know what kind of attacking potential he has. Yeah, and I just think the issue with Chelsea is that over over the last what six months or so, however long Tuchel's been in charge, we have seen that he's been willing to rotate those positions quite a lot. Um, Rudiger's been sort of in and out of the team. Uh, Christensen's made quite a lot of appearances. So has Thiago Silva and Zuma, and there are just too many players for too few slots. So. Yeah, for, from my personal standpoint, I'm like a little bit uh, reluctant. And I think it's still for me, you know, Lukaku is the only option I'm looking at. Um, Havertz didn't start, which I thought was interesting. Um, I kind of expected him to. And he was one of the guys I was, was maybe a bit out of my price range for the, the team structure I had. But he was one of the guys who I kind of briefly thought about. And Pulisic, who I think I asked last last podcast, is he just shit now? Well, he scored a goal. So mm. good for him. And that showed you. Yeah, it sure showed me. Eight million. He's uh, he's still kind of a bit high for me. I think. I think when we've seen all of the players at better prices who have put in more eye-catching performances this week, mm-hmm. he he's just a watchless guy for me. But you know, I, I wanted to mention him at least. And uh, yeah, a clean sheet for for Chelsea. So Edward Mendy still a decent option there in goal. If he's you... but he's expensive. He is. You're only getting Mendy if. Um... You've got your other bench. Your your bench keeper is just like Foster. <laughs> yeah, but I've only got Sanchez, and my bench keeper is Foster. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, you know, I've just gone like goalkeeper. I don't give a shit about. And I was pretty annoyed when I saw after literally a minute Brighton had conceded. I was like, ah, oh, that's so on brand for me. <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, it it happens. You know, happens to the best of us. 
So a little, a real fan favorite here. And when I say fan, I mean Natalie favorite specifically. We have Adama Traore welcoming you to his social media channels. Um, (laughs) At six million. (laughs) I'll try and find that video and retweet it. Yeah. You know what? I found it really recently. It's just the first video he posted. It just takes a bit of scrolling. Yeah. It's worth it. But yeah, he, uh, he had a good performance. Yeah, he did. Like, I appreciate that Wolves didn't score against Leicester. Mm. In the highlights, I thought he looked really good. Like, he had a couple of quite good chances. And, like, he definitely could have had goals. Yeah. Well, I was I was watching um, Soccer Saturday, and I remember them saying specifically he had a chance that was just a sitter oh. that he had to score. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's from a fantasy standpoint right you you want them to put those away but also if a guy is getting loads of those sorts of chances that uh-huh. is positive yeah and i'd also partly i'd just like forgotten what he was like hmm. as a player like just huge and so fast just running yeah these fixtures are terrible but keep an eye on it when when september rolls around yeah it might be one to, to to, to keep an eye on. He's six million though, and I don't know if that's a good price or not. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's just so you know. I mentioned the five point five. You got Ducore and Smith Rowe. The two I've huh. seen at the this well, the ones I've seen at the six million range. You've got um, Traore, who you just mentioned. You've got um, Ishmael Assar, and who was the other one? Uh, ben Rama, Saeed Ben, uh, yeah. Saeed Ben Rama, who scored this weekend. As did Suchek. So there's quite a lot in that price range and it's got to be a case of identifying who is the standout, which one of these can can put together consistent performances. And I think for me, if I was looking at a 6 million, the guy, I, I think it might be Saar who would be the front runner for that. Yeah, definitely. At the moment. Def- right now. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I know Saeed, uh, is it Saeed? Yeah, it's Saeed. Uh, mm. Ben Rama. He is... I, I really rate him. I really like him as a player. And I know he scored today. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about West Ham. Um, I mean, today was a properly chaotic game that I just did not expect from from those two teams. Um, and there have been a lot of those this weekend. Like, as soon as the first goal had happened, and, oh, there, yeah. was a lot of, and there was a lot of running, I was like, ah, this is it, boys, strap in. Well, well, yeah, as soon as the game started, like, you could kind of see it. It was, it was all over the place. It was just end-to-end. But, like... From those two managers in particular, I, I know that uh, David Moyes had actually been a lot more attacking last season anyway, which mm. kind, kind of, I used to not be a fan of Moyes at all, but he did surprise me a lot with the way that his team was playing. Um, but yeah, just for those two coming up against each other, I thought at least one of them would have a much more defensive approach, but they seem to go go guns blazing. And I think Newcastle were actually a little bit unlucky because in my opinion, like West Ham never should have had a penalty but how they managed to to throw it away after being kind of quite dominant for a lot of that game, actually, um, was quite disappointing. But yeah, he's a, he's another guy who I think uh, that my concern with him is he might be the kind of guy who is just really um, kind of like Grealish was for Villa, like really key in build up play, but right. not really doing the uh, not really applying the final touch, like the the goal scoring or the assists. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I, I mean, today he. The goal he scored was kind of a well. If I, if I'm going to compare it to Arsenal on Friday night, right? Like Tierney was putting in a bunch of good crosses to no one, 
West Ham and Newcastle today, pretty much every single goal was from across and there was someone on the end of them. And Ben Rama's was just a case of him working really hard to get his head on something. So if that's kind of how he's going to play and that's going to be a consistent theme, then what I'm saying about him being kind of the the pre-assist guy is completely wrong. But I'm just not sure yet. I'm not really sure about West Ham. They have Leicester up next, who is going to be a tricky fixture for them. But after that, you know, there's it's kind of hit and miss, really. They've got Palace and Southampton, and then they've got Man United and Leeds, then they've got Brentford and Everton. It's it's a little bit up and down fixture-wise, but he's certainly someone you, you could look at for sure. I'm really curious how Leicester did, actually. Um, obviously, they got the win, and I, I heard it was, it was around about the 60th or 70th minute mark. Basically, Brendan Rodgers brought on a, a centre-back for a midfielder. I think it was when Madison came off. And I was interested by that because, uh, or intrigued by that, because it seemed like he was protecting a 1-0 lead, which he can be a little bit conservative at times. And I think he did that a lot towards the end of last season. So I was kind of surprised to see it on day one, but they did secure the points, I guess. So that that was what was important for them. But yeah, I have Harvey Barnes and I'm, I'm curious sort of how how he did overall. Was he was he involved in the game? I did see he got 90 minutes. I think that might have partially been because Madison came off due to injury as well. Um, but yeah, a little bit up in the air because I do, in terms of quality of the player, Barnes for me is like one of the the players that I'd have down as like a real breakout star this season. Uh, but yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed to see uh, to see him not come away with even an, an assist or something this week. But you know, it is what it is. Um, Alan San Maximan. So we were just talking about West Ham. ASM at 6.5. What, so last week we talked about Newcastle, right? And I was saying the reason I don't like them is because they're Newcastle. But if they're going to be Newcastle like they were today, <laughs> hello. Like, yeah. what? Like, I know they didn't win, but like so many football fans, and this is a huge frustration for Arsenal at the moment and their supporters, is that we've... I mean, it's generational for Arsenal because a lot of people are in their 20s or 30s and they know Arsenal under Arsene Wenger because that's literally been, you know, since the day they were born, Arsene Wenger has been the manager and they're used to a certain style of play. And it's difficult for Arsenal at the moment because you're in a situation where you've got a manager who some of the fans are kind of okay with, some of the fans absolutely fucking hate and some of the fans are like almost two like rose tinted glasses like make any excuse for him possible and i kind of see myself in the middle of that where it's like he can be criticized for things that he's bad at and at the same time it doesn't mean every like tweet that you see saying that he he locks people in cupboards he he sends a libra away because he he didn't like his attitude and he doesn't care about like the guy wants to have good football players on the pitch who win him games because that directly correlates with the likeliness of him keeping his job right like that's just (laughs) obvious so anyone who buys into those conspiracies i don't get but the concern with arsenal and again this is a long uh a long sort of tangent but we're not playing attacking, exciting football. And Newcastle, for so long, have had that same problem where I think they liked Rafa a lot when he was in charge because although he was quite negative, he was, he was a big name. He was a proven manager. Yeah. There's been a lot of dislike for Steve Bruce for a long time. And I think very similar to Arsenal fans, Newcastle fans, 
have been lower in the table and had the same criticisms of their their board and their management that they have no ambition uh mike ashley just wants to sell the club like they're they're too negative they're they're not exciting but like this was great like i'd love to see this continue this kind of high intensity like energetic play because at the end of the day it's what you watch football for you don't i mean man city in comparison today was awful to watch they were so bad and so dull and and to be honest looked exactly the same as arsenal to me they could not they could not find a way through they had no players who could take the ball and, and take someone on when they did try it they just got tackled and got broken on they couldn't win the ball in midfield they were losing all their jewels and they just looked clueless of about how to actually create an attack and that's kind of how a lot of people feel about arsenal but yeah I, I thought this was so good from newcastle and so exciting and i'd love to see it keep up and asm at 6.5 million uh wilson also at 7.5 million they have to be like genuinely good options right what what what's your take on asm do you want to give give them some praise yeah, I just I, again, he's another one who who had just forgotten played football. Yeah. But in a very Traore-esque way, like is just so fast and so <laughs> so good at the skills, skills with a Z. Um yeah, I just thought he looked great and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is what this man does when he's not injured. Like this is it." Oh, and here we are. He's a forward as well. Is he? I didn't realize that. Someone's moved him. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Well, now I'm less interested. Okay. Hmm. That that does well, make no, it Well, no, I'm not less interested in him as a man. Him as a man is good, and I guess him as like a uh, a mm, what do you, like a, an instrument for, for that's not the word I want, but an asset. Mm, mm, anyway, him <laughs> working with Wilson, and I guess like once Willock is in as well. I didn't realise how young Joe Willock is. Yeah, he's super young. Yeah, I just thought he was a bit older than that, but he's not. Oh, um, how old is he? <laughs> he's 20... He's 21. Right, okay. I knew it was early 20s, but I wasn't quite sure Yeah, uh, I just thought he which... was a bit older. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's good. That's solid. That's, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, even Almiron looked kind of good today. And I think you add Willock to that mix at 6, uh, 6.0. I think he's got to be the popular option, right? Like... Him and Wilson are the two that stand out. I think with San Maximan, your problem is always going to be decision-making because he's so mm. exciting as a player to watch. And I think if he scores, you're almost definitely going to end up having bonus points from him because he he does so much yeah. um, in, in terms of like completing dribbles and stuff, which if I remember correctly, that's quite uh, well rewarded in the, in the bonus point system. I mean, I may be wrong about that. I haven't looked at it recently, but... But he does a lot of um, he does a lot of crossing as well, and he he creates chances. So I do see him as a a decent option at that price. But he got a bonus today, anyway. Oh, did he? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's a forward, so he he got an uh, assist and a bonus point. So that kind of stands to reason. I mean, he is a, a very exciting player. It's probably just a little bit too awkward with him being a, a forward now. But yeah, I thought Wilson looked impressive and that they look this good without Willock in the team. And for Newcastle, where they're a team that are going to play on transitions and, and try to use counterattacks a lot more, he's really valuable because he's really fast. He's really athletic. He's, he's really energetic. And he will win you the ball back high up when you don't have possession. And, 
you know, Newcastle in most games are going to expect to have less possession than the opposition. So for them, it's a, a really, really great signing. And I think he's got to be really good for them. And I think we're probably going to have a similar situation to what we have with Emmy Martinez, where people are like, oh God, like, why did we sell him? Which by the way, Leno was absolutely shit on Friday and I am concerned about him. But, you know, at that time we had to do that. This one I think is a little bit more calculated and a bit more like, even if we had a different manager, I think he's kind of a bit too raw as a player to to be able to start for Arsenal regularly. And it's right to just take the money and let him let him bloom, let him blossom elsewhere. We did talk about uh, Ben Rama a bit, but Antonio, he... He was a big scorer this weekend, despite missing a penalty, which, in my opinion, should not have been a penalty, but we've spoken about that. Um, Yeah, he looked really good, and he's another one where I'm like, I don't want to over-index this game because of how crazy it was. Yeah. It was so attacking, but he looked really sharp, and I'm a bit bummed that I had Danny Ings instead instead of Antonio this week, because I would have really liked those extra points. Um, do, do you have Antonio or, or no? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I bet you're feeling I had good. Wilson and Antonio, so this oh. game was so very lit for me. Damn, yeah, it both of them scoring, man. So he got, uh, if I'm correct, he scored once and got two assists. Yeah, one of the assists the... for the penalty situation, which yeah. I think is unfair to call that an assist. Um, yeah but he did get deducted points for missing the penalty as well so yeah you know swings and roundabouts Messy. yeah uh yeah yeah man hype for it really into it i think i will well we'll see how they go but i think i probably will get reared when the european fixtures come around um yeah i i, I get you i think um those european fixtures are going to be interesting because west ham do they even have a backup striker yet According to FPL, there's no one. That's certainly not the kind of thing I'd know the answer to. Yeah, according to FPL, Antonio is literally the only, striker, only striker on their books. So It's the same with Spurs and Kane, is it not? Um, they get a new one. Yeah, yeah. Sc- I, who the fuck is Scarlet? Sc- who? Is that Scarlet. for Spurs? Yeah. Who is that? He I, looks like he literally looks like a child. Yeah. Like he's thirteen years old. So I think he played in in the preseason games, but he's not going to play. He's not going to actually play. Dane Scarlett. There's no two thousand and four. There's people aren't born in two thousand and four. What the hell is that? It's, yeah, they'd only be like eight years old. Like, what's going <laughs> literally. <up? laughs> um, oh god. Oh god. Realizing how old I am now. Um, I'm not that old, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. Ne- no, you know what? I was thinking the other day about this. Like, I feel like our like fun little niche mm. when we were doing the podcast before, it was like, yeah, well, we're cool and we're young. And we understand <laughs> memes. And, and I'm now 30 I'm like, now. And yeah, now we're not that anymore. Yeah. No, I still understand memes, though, but that's just because I spend way too much time on Twitter. I uh, just want to have a quick scan through, see if there's anyone we missed. Yeah, we haven't talked about Liverpool, and I didn't really have much to say because I thought it was kind of like a template. Yeah, like, yeah, Liverpool won. Yeah. And what? Um, but I did want to mention Jota, who we actually hadn't spoken about at all. Yeah. Pre-season. Uh, the third of the men who I'd completely forgotten existed mm. and or played football. Uh, and I saw on Friday a couple of people had like, either sent us our teams or I was just looking at a couple of teams and saw that people had him and I thought, huh yeah 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 
okay, respect. <laughs> um, yeah, was good. Was good. Was a good purchase. For yeah. anyone who did. Yeah, he's he's certainly a good pick early on because uh, uh, the discussion I've had around him is basically him, Mane, and Firmino are kind of part of a little merry-go-round of rotation, but because of Firmino's Copper America exploits and whatnot, ah. he um he wasn't going to start the season. But he did, of course, right. come off the bench and score. Um, yeah, for me, Jota is, uh, you know, he's a good player. He's a frustrating player because he misses a lot of chances. You know, 7.5, that's another good price, but he is at some point going to be um, going to be rotated rather a lot. But yeah, Liverpool were really good. Um, they were comfortable. Van Dijk came back into the side, came away with a bonus point. I'm actually a little bit annoyed that I went with Trent over him now, but I think over the the next few weeks, like that'll probably prove to be fine. Yeah, I, I do. I do like Van Dyke a lot, though, and I think I, I will probably at some point this season look at maybe doing a double up of of Van Dyke and Trent when uh, when Schumacher no longer becomes an option. I'm gonna have a better understanding of sort of who are the players who are going to be consistent this year. Um, but yeah, Liverpool were really good. Salah looking hungry as ever for goals and. I particularly particularly loved that the goal that Jota scored was an assist from Salah when all Salah was trying to do was control it for himself yeah. so that he could score. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very on brand. But that's exactly what you want, isn't it? You want you want your man to be trying to get points all the time. Um Burnley Brighton, Tarkovsky, Mope, and McAllister. I'm not sure any of these are players that we're genuinely looking at and it's probably too no. too early in the season to start looking at at players from the likes of Burnley and Brighton when uh, you know they don't really have too many standouts we don't really know how they're going to do uh it, it's mainly the defenses you look at for those two Brentford also I do want to mention because Sergi Cano did walk away with a goal um I actually thought this game was fairly tight overall, but Arsenal did their old thing of making quite embarrassing mistakes defensively. I think Leno was quite uh, quite heavily to blame for the second goal because he he just decided, you know what, I'm just gonna let this guy hold me and and then like wave my arms up when the ball goes in the net, like oh, you should just give fouls for me all the time. And it's like, yeah. man, were you born yesterday? Like. Whether or not he's fouling you, you need to get free. You need to be stronger than that. But Smith Rowe still, to me, just looks... He looks ready. He looks ready to explode. He um he had one moment where he was dribbling with the ball and he chose to shoot rather than pass it. And I think you can basically see that he's being instructed to, even if there's a pass out wide on, try and score for yourself when you have the opportunity because... One of the things that Arsenal really struggle with at the moment is getting people to just take a shot. And um, yeah, I, I think he's got to be the kind of player who, you know, may take a shot when the, the pass is on. That seems like the better option, but it's something that Arsenal are going to have to do if they've got to score more goals. They need people to be be taking shots, even if the, the angle isn't perfect. If you're on the edge of the box and you're running with a ball, you can score from there. Um, so he was really impressive. And on the Brentford side... Norgard gave a really great post-match interview. I always find it... I mean, this is me being an old-ass motherfucker right here. It's like, I sit and watch the interviews, and guys who, like, really explain themselves well and are really intelligent, like, I just absolutely love it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> uh, and he was, like, such an in interesting post-match interview because 
you know, back in the day and, and still now, to be honest, you get people who just repeat the same things. They'll be like, oh, you know, I did my best. I'm glad to get on the score sheet, but it wasn't enough. And the real important thing was, was, you know, grinding out that point for the team. And, and it's always like they, they have a, a kind of structure that they follow where it's like, proud of my personal achievement but the team is the most important thing yeah. make sure i mention the team also avoid answering all of the questions and just direct it back to how the team played but he gave like yeah. quite a lot of interesting detail um and and just generally seemed yeah really really kind of smart and <laughs> very happy to be in the premier league Aww. and it was it was nice to see um but you know his goal came from what has to be you know, it's tactically smart from Brentford. They were they were very smart. What they did was they they targeted Arsenal's weaknesses. They pressed their right back, who isn't really a very good right back. They pressed Pablo Marie. They pressed Leno, and they just kept forcing us to pass it backwards. and And they made us make mistakes. and And uh, ultimately, the goal came from Chambers under hitting a clearance because he was too panicked and then not being able to get back out in time. And the the second goal came from from us just being too timid from our goalkeeper and our, our centre-back Pablo Marie. Uh, it, it's really disappointing for us to concede those sorts of goals, but I think it has to show what a talent uh, Thomas Frank is leading leading Brentford, and they're not going to be an easy team to beat this season. I, I think they're going to be Leeds Mark II. They're going to they're gonna stay up this year, and they're going to look really strong. Um, but David Raya at 4.5, he made four saves in this game, and he came away with one bonus point i think yeah one bonus point he looks really sharp and i think if they if they are this kind of solid defensively like arsenal just didn't really get to create any any real big chances i think that pepe one i talked about was the only one that looked kind of like a big chance to me and and he dealt with that really well i I think he could be an option certainly when it comes around to to wildcard time and if you're rolling with like a 4.5 and a 4.0 or, or two 4.5s, he has to be up there on the watch list. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all for me for for this week's games. Should we look at the Denalysis Liga top scorer, baby? Yes. Uh, this week, uh, the top scorer was Mikey McLeod. Hello. A, an extremely bold Salah triple captain. Oh, I saw someone else did this as well. And I was like... Before the game, I was like, "Oh, I, I, I like it, but it's so early. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're wild." But I think, like, the thing that you've always said, in particular, Dan, is like, "There's no bad time to hmm. play your chips." Like, I know other podcasts will be like, "Don't ever play your chips. Wait until Ben Krellin tells you to pay your chips, and then you can play them." But only after you've looked at his ten thousand spreadsheets ten thousand times. You're right. I think, especially with triple captain, right? Like. Yeah. That yeah. all you need is one game where shit goes crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're I'd safely say that I when I do use my triple captain, which for the last 3 seasons has just been on the last game week of the season. Hmm. Uh I can almost guarantee that whoever I choose will not score more than 17 <laughs> points. Like there's they just won't. Yeah. Um you are going for a shot in the dark there. Like, I understand the logic behind uh, we want to do it when there's two games, but actually, yeah. the, uh, it, I mean, I, I'd like to look into, if I was less lazy, I would love to look into the stats of this a bit in a bit more detail. But I think going for Liverpool against Norwich makes all the sense in the world. Mm. It, it's just a smart play because, you know, they have a, 
they have a historical precedent for scoring a lot of goals against Norwich. <laughs> they they do it on the first game of the season. I mean, there was that one we were at the pub for a few years ago where it was like yeah. it was like four three or something or four two. Um, it just makes a lot of sense, and I think when you have those isolated fixtures that just look good for a certain player, like it, yeah, it, it's always good to go for those when there's kind of a historical precedent for there being a lot of goals in those games, and and a player as good as Salah. So so well played, Mikey. What what was the rest of the team looking like? Uh, also had Philanders. Um... I think everyone who scored over 100 points has probably got both Salah and Fernandes. Yeah, you had to, really. They, they were... <laughs> they made up, basically, a good score on their own. You know, like, yeah. if, if 50, 60 points is sort of like your weekly target, you got yeah. it from, from captaining Fernandez and, and having Salah, so... Yeah. Uh, and then it's a, a front three straight out of the Natalie Webb school of fantasy football, um, of Wilson, Antonio and Tony. Oh, uh, man. Actually, you know what? This team is so similar to mine. Uh, Greenwood and Barnes as well. And then Trent, Simakas, Shaw, Sanchez. This, sorry, this is actually my team. Wow. But I have Saar instead of Fernandez. Yeah. And I have not Simakas. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, good job on, on week one, Mikey. You love to see it. Congrats on copying Natalie's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i see you <laughs> all right let's have a, a quick look ahead to game week two see what's coming Mate, up let me add it i'm so excited there are <laughs> oh so am i i'm buzzing there are two games here in the three o'clock that i reckon are goals Go- oh oh villa newcastle and leeds everton oh. just goals that's Ooh, all okay. i want from those two I just got just hit me with the goals. Forget about defending. Defense can go out the window. Just goals. Yeah. Oh, this is difficult. I think there are a lot of games this week actually that that look like that. You know, Southampton Man United as well. Well, I don't know. Now you've said that you think that teams will look at what they did against Leeds and think about it a bit more. Yeah. I'd hope that Southampton like try and do that. Yeah, I, I, but I guess you know, in the same in the same manner, like Aston Villa after conceding three to a promoted team, they might look at how <laughs> yeah. they played and be like, maybe we need to uh, be a bit more defensive against Newcastle yeah. now. So I, I, I do think you know this is just an observation, but this is something that's always going on. You know, it's why I think Arsene Wenger. Uh, there was a quote I can't remember exactly what it was, so I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said, you know. After you lose two games, you you just can't lose a third. And the idea was basically, you know, he just go to being extremely, even though it's anti Arsene Wenger, like in terms of philosophy, if he needed to, he'd just grind out like a boring result in the third one and not take too many risks because that's kind of, you know, as a manager, you don't want to keep losing games over and over. And I, I think teams are always doing this. You know, they're evaluating how they played in the last game, how other teams play and how to nullify their weaknesses and amplify their own strengths. So so there may be a, you know, Villa who were quite conservative for a lot of last season. I, I could see them potentially going to, to being a bit more defensive against Newcastle, especially after seeing how they kind of fell apart when the game became quite open. Um, but I think you just have to go with the evidence that you have. So although... I do agree that like other teams are going to try and, and nullify Man United at the same time. Like if they get one goal, 
that's that's when the yeah. game gets crazy right because because game state is a massive part of what determines what happens next in a football game like if if man united get an early goal through like a long shot from pogba all of a sudden southampton have to come out and try and attack and it's a very delicate balance as a manager like how attacking do you go because this is a team that can really counter so so yes there's a number here and man city norwich as well like that could i I mean i have to admit i'm put off of Man, man city after after this weekend yeah i I don't think I was going to get any Man City players anyway, but I looked at Grealish's performance and Sterling's performance and they just looked really clueless as to how to create a chance. And I know Norwich are are worse. Like, this is a good (laughs) fixture for Man City. Yeah. But who do you bet on in that Man City team? Like, it's probably like Ferran Torres. He seems like the guy who's most likely... I mean, he did... I didn't realise he was a player but until today. I was like, oh, hello. Where did you come from? He is very generic, but he's kind of like the perfect... Has he been there ages? Yeah, yeah. Was he there last season? They signed him last summer, I think. Um, oh. He was like one of those classic like 40 million Man City signings that we always talk oh. about. Who just okay. like came from Valencia. No one yeah. really knew anything about him, but they're like, he's quite good. But he's not really... You know, he's, he doesn't do anything particularly amazing but he's very like intelligent off the ball so he's not the kind of guy you'd be like seeing him take on four players and then put in the top corner but he's the kind of guy you can play sort of anywhere on the pitch he'll follow instructions he'll be really really um really good at finding space and he did do that today he he really should have scored actually um he had a tap in and somehow he rather than just tapping it in the net kind of tried to take a first touch and it just bounced out for a corner Oh. It was uh, quite a quite a strange one, but that was really, from what I remember, I think it was the only chance that City actually created against Spurs. The rest of the game was just nothing. Uh, it was basically just Spurs counter-attacking and getting a lot of joy and Man City players running into each other. So, yeah, I wouldn't write it off, but I mean, if I if I had a City player like Grealish, I'd be holding him for sure, but I wouldn't be looking to bring, bring one in this week. Yeah. Whereas Everton, I'm thinking, you know, it's got to be Pepe out for me for sure because I do agree with you in that you know you shouldn't if your team is good and you're happy with it for like week two and three for the most part if if the things that were true before game week one remain true (laughs) in your logic for like why you got them you know you, you may as well hold on to them but for me I was looking at Pepe as like a one week and then reassess because it's I thought Brentford was going to have uh, the Brentford game would have a lot of goals in it. It's just I thought that Arsenal would at least score one, <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, and we didn't do it. And I think our, after this, you know, we face Chelsea. We have a decent record. We beat them twice last season. But at the same time, I'm not going to have Smith Rowe and Pepe in my side for that game. There's no chance. And and Chelsea are looking really strong. So, so I'm looking at Decore. I'm looking at. Who's the other good midfield guy? Greenwood. I, I think it's probably going to be Greenwood or Pogba, t- to be honest. You know, even with everything that I have said. But Saar is another option. You know, Watford Brighton. That could be a really interesting one. Interesting one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm quite surprised at the Brighton win against Burnley. Yeah. It's only like the second time they've come from behind to to win a game since they've been in the Premier hmm. League. I think. Um, I mean, I laughed when they conceded in the first minute because I was like, ha, that's, that's so Brighton. I bet they're yeah. going to create 10 XG now and, and not score. But, but they, did, they did score. They scored twice. 
Yeah, and obviously they perform a lot better at home than they do away as well, generally. So I don't know about this this Brighton Watford yeah. game. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess the way the way that it's looking now is kind of again follow my own advice from last week. Like, what is the most likely outcome? Is it going to be Ismail Assar? bagging again or is it going to be man united against southampton a very good man united side scoring two or more goals like i kind of think that man united the the odds are much higher of man united doing something again um than you know ismail Assar or like decore even though decore is so tempting and uh liverpool have burnley for the early kickoff i'm not really sure about that one i mean it's at anfield which is pretty exciting because it'll be the first uh, the first like proper game back at Anfield with a with a full stadium, that could end up being really exciting. Uh, who have you got your eye on for captain this week? So obviously, uh, anyone new to the podcast, <laughs> I don't know if there is anyone. Uh, I have an extremely strong, steadfast rule against not captaining in the early kickoff. So that obviously means I can't captain Salah. Hmm. I think currently. Oh no, I see where this is going. What do you think I've you're, done? You're gonna. You're going to captain Salah? Uh, no, at the moment, I think my captaincy is on Greenwood. Okay. I, and I'm like, we're just YOLOing up in here. Yeah. I, I think you've got the right idea. Anyone can take it, really. I'd, I'd even be tempted to give Antonio it, because hmm. I'd also stick West Ham Leicester in the goals category. Hmm. Yeah, I, this is the only thing where I'm you know quite annoyed about the 3 p.m blackout thing now i i absolutely loved having all the games on at the same time or at least you know four or five whatever it was because that's just more exciting but like not being able to see the leicester game and the highlights being so sparse as as you said it's like i don't know what to make of leicester like are they trying to be more like streetwise with the way they play after you know two consecutive seasons of bottling the opportunity for potential champions league football is brendan rogers kind of thinking okay a bit less excitement a bit more like uh, a bit more game management Uh, and that's Mm. kind of got me concerned because the west ham the thing that was so exciting about the west ham game was the chaos and that's why I probably would shy away from a captaincy on that, especially because they're evenly matched teams as well. And I think yeah. generally, like a manager, when they're coming up against a, another good team, they'll try to try to maybe err on the side of caution because they don't want to they don't want to go down early on. So yeah, it's a it's the final game captaincy that has me as well. Like I yeah. love that. I love having my captain in the final game, being like, "Hat, all you losers have already had all your <laughs> players play." Well, there's a psychological element to that, isn't there? Like, yeah. if, if all the big dogs bottle it and you've just got your captain in the last game, it's like, yeah, there's yeah. still hope for me. For real. How about Arsenal Chelsea? <laughs> I've got I I've got absolutely no interest. It's such a difficult one to call. I'll probably miss that game as well. Yeah. Uh, being on the move and such. Yeah. I don't. I just don't care. Yeah, it's it's proper difficult. Like, uh, you know, if you're if you're a real Arsenal hater and you love to see us lose and and you know struggle, then Lukaku seems like a shrewd pick. I just I wouldn't go near the captaincy for that because you know Arsenal were awful last time they played Chelsea and they won one nil. <laughs> like. It's ridiculous from a, a... Do you reckon 
You reckon Lukaku will start? Yeah, Tuchel has said that he will be starting against Arsenal. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I know like a lot of people have a great time laughing at Arsenal. Man United just, they look too good. They look too good. And I think that is such a an irresistible captaincy pick, especially with... Uh, with Vestergaard leaving Southampton and they just don't really have a good goalkeeper or a good defence. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go there. It'll probably be Fernandez for me, but I think I'll be bringing in a second United player and it's got to be Greenwood or it's got to be Pogba. I might just gamble on Pogba because I do like his odds of playing more of the match. Although I think yeah. Greenwood actually played the full 90 and Pogba came off in this last one. Yeah. But I, I do like his odds of playing more more of the matches going forward i guess is a better way of putting it but i'm not it's a coin toss honestly that they play different roles and i think greenwood is you know he's going to be much more likely to score and that yeah even now i'm talking myself back into greenwood so that will probably end up <laughs> being what i do but we'll see we'll see either way very exciting stuff looking forward to it and shall we have a quick look at the clean sheet cup i yeah. can't remember who i said last week I'm hoping it was who I think it was. Who do you think it was? I think it was Leicester. It was indeed. Right. Yes. And I was watching that like because I had a little accumulator on and I had Leicester to win. And it being 1-0 for so long was so painful because I was like, oh, but and I think Wolves did actually score, but it was disallowed. And I was like, oh, God, please, please just last last the whole 90. And it was shocking to see that actually happen. But yeah, awesome. I got a point. Who did you go for? I said Chelsea. Oh, you nailed it as well. We're 1-1 on the first week. Okay. That does mean I will, of course, be, in go- uh, be going first this week for my pick. Um, who do I want for the clean sheet cup? I kind of think Man United were quite unlucky not to have one. So I'm tempted to go for them. I have a feeling that Man City are somehow going to do what they did against Norwich a couple of seasons ago and like concede early on and it's got to be panic stations. The Liverpool-Burnley one looks like a a tap-in as well though. I'm going to go for Man United. I feel like Liverpool, it's too early in the week. I don't want to have my clean sheet cup killed after after like 2pm. Okay, I'm going to go Man City. Okay, okay, (laughs) nice. Well, I think that's it. I think we've done a full podcast and in less time than we usually do it, which is pretty, uh, pretty encouraging. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We do, of course, have a Twitter account that you can follow us on at The Denalysis. What else would it be? Uh, we do also have an email address that you can email us at, at hello at the Um You can rate us on, is it, it's not iTunes anymore, is it? It's like just Apple Podcasts or some weird thing yeah. like this whatever they're up to this week great as five star i mean it helps you know we'd like to one day be in the charts and be be this hot new upstart fantasy football podcast that has actually been around for a few years that everyone's talking about that'd be great that'd be amazing uh is there anything else join the league if you're not in the league already join it the the code is like mate great but the eights and nines (laughs) wait wait mate great (laughs) but the eights but the eights and nines so it's m9 gr9 oh okay <laughs> mine granine <laughs> it's been a pleasure i've been dan you've been natalie and we've all been the denalysis together 
it's been wonderful. And I chased around a fly earlier that you, I've just seen you tweeted about, <laughs> which is great fun. Okay, we'll be back next week. And until then, fancy responsibly, everyone. See ya.